A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the first ever episode of Private Education, the Smart Sex and Relationships podcast. And I wanted to call it smart because, you know, sex doesn't have to be stupid. It can be a serious topic and it can be it can be playful and fun, but educated at the same time. Um, I'm Ashton Keenan, your host, which sounds very formal. And, <laughs> and I, I feel like Gay Byrne. <laughs> Maybe I should say next time, I'm Miriam Finucan. Um, before I introduce my lovely first guest, I'm going to pop in. A parental advisory uh, and this is just specifically to my own parents Um, I don't want you guys to listen so thank you for the support but you may jog on from this point because none of this is going to be something that you want to hear Um, so without further ado welcome to Laura Young hello thank you so much for having me I'm just You're like welcome. stoked to your every word first of all I'm like honoured that I would even come onto your radar for something like this well, you came, you were the first person to come onto my radar, hence you're the first guest, because I don't know if anyone knows, I'm sure you all do, Laura Young is a YouTuber and a blogger and like very active on social media in spite of it all. Very active. Uh, very active. On social media. On social media. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. Uh, very active. And you are, and I know from some of your YouTube videos, um, you did a fantastic one with a friend of yours who's a gynecologist. Oh. And that kind of indicated to me that you might be okay coming on a podcast I about sex. talking about this stuff. And you know what? Everyone loves listening to it. Men, women alike. Everyone does. Yeah. And the thing is, and this is why I wanted to kind of start with you mm. and start, you know, this episode and explain why private education is necessary. Because, I mean, really, the jig is up. We are all having sex. Mm-hmm. We're all doing it. And we're all in relationships. And are, we're in relationships, whether romantic or otherwise, they're, they're relationships. Mm-hmm. If they're a few hours long or a few years long. Absolutely. The length, you know, there's still relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what like the problem is sometimes our sex and relationships aren't spoken about in a comfortable way, in a confident way, in an educated way. And certainly, you know, sex education we know in schools, especially in Ireland, is really, really lacking. Mm -hmm. The last time the curriculum was updated was 1999. I, I'm not a mathematician, but I think that was 20 years ago. <laughs> so lads, like we really need an update here. Um, and I also think sexual education shouldn't finish when you leave school because your education continues throughout your whole life. You know, when you go into university, when you, as you grow up, everything changes. You continue to learn. If you stop learning, that's obviously a massive problem. So I think sex education, you can't just stop learning when you're in school, especially with such a lacking um, formal sex education or relationships mm-hmm. education so that was kind of the the reason I wanted to do private education um, and just in case you're thinking who's your one and why is she talking to me about this um, from my own perspective I have been writing about sex and relationships for the last 10 years as part of my work 
you know, as a journalist with women's magazines, mostly. Um, I've also been like, you know, on radio shows and that sort of thing as like a relationship kind of guru. Not that I'm an expert, lads, because you'll soon find out that I'm not. But that's (laughs) why what I want to do is, you know, open the conversation, have experts on, have people on who have opinions about these things, have people on who are comfortable talking about this sort of topic so that by listening, you guys can all become a little bit more comfortable with the topic. What do you think? Can I start with my parental advisory? Yeah, absolutely. My mother's going to listen to every syllable Jesus, of this. okay. Every syllable. <laughs> and if I tell her not to, yeah. she'll listen to it twice. Right, okay. Well, I think, I, to be fair, I think my mother probably will listen. Hey, ma'am, uh, my dad is terrified. When I told him, <laughs> when I told him I was doing the podcast, he was like, he kind of long pause and then did like a, and um, it's about relationships, is it? And I said, yeah. And he said, and what would you know about relationships? Oh, and I was like, oh, cool. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm married. So, and I'm 31. So, you know, nothing, of course. <laughs> um, and he didn't even say the word sex. God bless him. Had you so, said the word sex to him? Uh, yes, I had. He just glossed he over glossed as if right it didn't over even it. happen. Yeah. Okay. And then I said, and, and then I said, oh, so cute. Like, and then I said to him, it's called private education. So it's, you know, educational, informative. It's not going to be smutty. It's not going to be sleazy. And he said, um, oh, it's called private education, is it? Okay. And then a couple of minutes later, he admitted that he'd already seen the logo I designed for it. So he knew what it was called, so but he, he, just wanted, yeah. he just wanted me to, to talk him through it. Anyway, Dad, if you're still listening, please get off. Okay. I think it's a really good thing what you're doing here because is it an Irish thing, do you think, where we just don't, it's all very hush-hush? I think so. And I think that come, the start of it really is um, the fact that, you know, up until very, very, very recently, Ireland was completely you know under the thumb I guess of of Catholicism yeah. and religion and while everyone can have whatever belief they want I don't personally think that the you know school ethos should influence what sexual sexual education gets taught I don't think the belief of the school necessarily should influence what you what you learn about sex and things could be so different if you're taught properly from school from school going age totally absolutely and and if those um like pretty much I don't know what your sex ed was like in school but mine was pretty much you know that line from Mean Girls where they say uh if you have sex you will get chlamydia and you'll die what kind of school did you go to a, a non-school okay. <laughs> a non-school I don't know it was called it was called convent. it was called Mercy and it was run by yeah, a convent of nuns yeah so um now I didn't I wasn't actually taught by any nuns but um they still kind of really held the the curriculum in their firm grasp and uh so it was very much you know contraception you couldn't really talk about it you couldn't really ask your teachers about it and at the same time you know from when we were 15 if not younger like there was more and I remember one year there was more girls in my class um, pregnant than there were that were planning to go to university. Oh I thought you meant more pregnant than not. Oh no, cheekers, G- no. Um, but but you know there was still there was a lot of a lot of teenage pregnancy in, in the school and um, from so obviously you know you can't get pregnant without having sex lesson one so <laughs> like you know we really needed um, adequate sex education and there just was none yeah. um, what was yours like in school? I remember th- the closest thing I remember to having a sex education mm. in school we'll get on to other forms of education yes, afterwards yes, there's in lots. school was <clears throat> a representative from Always came in <laughs> like the, pa- the pad yeah, company? sanitary towel company okay. and showed us how they worked gave us one each obviously to the girls 
um, and then we were kind of released with our pads. That is the closest thing I recall. And I remember most things from yeah. school. So I don't think we got any form of sex education. Now, like yourself, it was run by nuns, but by the time I got to the school, there's only one nun left and she's right. long gone. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure why there was never any. And do you remember, because I vaguely remember this crowd. <laughs> I'm going to call them a crowd. I don't know if they were a company or what they were, but they were called Accord. Okay. And I remember them coming into the school um, and I think they did things like I remember them doing things like if you know if you were a child whose parents were divorced or separated that they would kind of give you support and counselling and things okay. but I also remember they did some form of sex education and ironically I have very strong recollections of my sex education class being instead of religion on a day so like they were like okay well we won't have religion today because we're having sex ed so you can imagine how wild the talk got like given that you know we should be in religion now we're in in sex ed um but it was very very lacking do i i yeah i I totally i got even less than that if i remember correctly yeah i think i'd remember something like that because it's something you do remember because it was like a novelty yeah and i like we were in an all-girls school so there was less giggling and jokes and you know the way if if you're in a mixed school i can only imagine the embarrassment you'd, you'd face you know being you know being taught all that stuff in in yeah. a in a mixed environment or whatever we were in an all girls school and the always people did they teach you about tampons or was it just, just pads, pads? Yeah. okay so don't mm. stick anything didn't up even there. really know what tampons were I right think. well wait, hang on if I was in secondary school I would have been at least I got my period before I started secondary school so I would have known what pads were at that point it was literally just a hard sell I would say like okay a, yeah 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 which is hilarious that they it were is. able to do that in your school yeah and I wanted to school get a years kickback <laughs> No doubt. <laughs> Do you remember when you first learned what sex even was? Oh, God. I presume you knew well before. I did. I, I yeah, I did know before I went into secondary school. Um, but I th- like everything I learned from sex up until that point, I learned from books. So like Julie Bloom pretty much was where I learned okay. the, the, the basics. <laughs> yeah, the um, gist. And I remember like I was a big fan of the Babysitter's Club and they had a couple of like very you know, minor like kissing sort of situations. <laughs> and and I remember um I remember when I was in secondary school, I was a very late developer in terms of um I didn't kiss anyone until I was fifteen. But then when I was sixteen I was one of the first people in the school that had sex. And I remember um I remember because everyone was very shocked that I had taken that leap. And it was because I didn't I wasn't interested in talking about it I wasn't I was interested say, how did in they know? because well a girl that I know and I, I'm not going to say her name because this is kind of mortifying it's mortifying for me as well but I came in the day after I'd, I'd had sex for the mm. first time and she came up to me on the stairs and went you had sex last night and I was like how did you know that's that? like that scene from Friends it was yeah it totally is and I was like how did you know that and she was just like you just seem different yeah. and I was like I do what like how I could you tell walking you. funny? I, absolutely not. Jesus, not after my first time. <laughs> oh my God. No, I don't. I really don't know how she knew. And I, but I think the thing was then, her my face confirmed of her. So that you everyone know. knew. Yeah. So and I was upset that everyone knew. Okay. I really was because the thing was like that. I didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about kissing boys. I didn't talk about wanting to be you know get a boyfriend. I didn't put that side of myself out mm-hmm. there at all. And everyone else in the school was obsessed. Mm-hmm with boys with talking about boys that's all I wanted to do and I just really didn't and I think it that's what it, why it was such a shock to people 
um, I don't know where I was going with this. What about you? Did you... How you learned about sex that we're talking oh, about Oh, yes, now? yes, yes. Yeah, so I, I remember vividly. Oh, shit. Okay. Vividly. Tell me. Primary school. Yeah. Six to seven years of it. First to second class. So mm. That would be six to seven, wouldn't it? Yes. There or thereabouts. Yeah. I remember exactly where I was and a girl that was in my class... She, she, I remember her repeatedly saying the word sex, right? <laughs> just, it, and it was part of a sentence and I was like, okay. that's a word. And I, I was pretty smart. Maybe mm. not so much anymore. I was pretty smart. I was like, I haven't heard that word before. Okay. So I said, I know what I'll do. Oh, I'll ask my parents. Oh, no. 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 To this day, it's still my go-to. I still, well, not, maybe that's not. Yeah, so my lovely. Mom. So off I went home and I said, mom, what is sex? Right. I don't remember her reaction, but I'd say she was a bit like, why is my six and a half year old Absolutely. daughter asking I'd me about procreation? I'd say sweating. Yeah. <laughs> so she says, right, come on in, into the sitting room here. Gerard, my dad, come right. on, you're okay. coming in here too. Great. I remember dad sitting there. Sorry, I hit the table there. <laughs> I'm getting passionate about this. Uh, I remember my dad brought in the newspaper with him. Oh, okay. And he kind of sat there reading the paper while overseeing the... Right, okay. So it was more just to just, like, I'm not really paying he didn't attention want to, to this. Either. Okay, I thought and he was going to use it, it as some kind of, you know, display. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to read from it. <laughs> no, I think he just, he didn't want to be there, but he wasn't given much of a choice. Right. And I remember my mom sitting down and giving me the, when a man and a woman are very much in love, mm-hmm. um, he puts his penis into the woman's vagina. Mm-hmm. And I remember being... Fucking disgusted. I glared over at my dad. I said, you did that to my mother. (laughs) I was (laughs) disgusted. Obviously, it's a disgusting concept when you're that age. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. for six years of age. Why would anyone want to do that? And I was like, well, when you have a baby, you know, that this is how it happens. And she gave me this book. I think it was called growing up and I was given the book to refer to and she said she was very good in fairness she said if you've ever any questions come back to me and okay. mommy to this day would not be comfortable talking about it so I kind of take tip my hat to her like okay. kudos and um, that was my sex education first, that's how okay. I learned how babies were made and set penis and vagina and and did she go it. into like much more detail than that was it, or was it a very practical penis vagina this is what happens I don't remember pleasure ever being mentioned okay well or no maybe at, she at, did. at six it's probably not a priority no pro- and probably not appropriate <laughs> either yeah no um, it was quite clinical and this is what happens this is how babies were made I'm sure she wasn't planning on having that but she did have the book and I'm the eldest okay so she was ready for it at she some was stage. ready okay that's interesting probably that's not at really six cool. maybe I was seven maybe a little bit older and then I remember that I, was, I wasn't taught about anything other than the, that side of things okay. and then a couple of years later the same same girl in class turned to me and said, do you know what a blowjob is? <gasps> she had all the stuff. She did. She had older sisters. Okay. Yeah, she had all the... Who were clearly knocking around. You talking know, about it anyway. Blowjobs. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Brilliant. So back home to Mammy I went. Mammy. <laughs> okay. Dad. We need another sit down. Get the paper, Dad. We have to talk about blowjobs. <laughs> well, actually, the girl had told me what it was. Okay. So I knew. And so I, didn't, were... I didn't actually go home to my parents like right. that. But... um. Yeah, so she told me then what okay. blowjobs were. I, I do remember having, there was a book in my house when I was a very small child and it was about, um, this is going to sound odd, but it was it was basically some kind of manual for preparing your child to learn about um, a paedophiles, I guess. It was it was kind of a book to <clears throat> say, to, for parents to, to tell your children about, you know, unwanted um, sexual touching and contact and all that kind of stuff and it was illustrated and I remember finding it it was in I was very nosy as a child and I found it in my parents um, in their bedroom they had a chest of drawers and it was in the bottom drawer under some stuff mm-hmm. and I found it and I could read and I was reading through it and I was thinking this is really weird why would why would someone want to do that that's so odd and I you know went through it and I remember distinctly from that moment on it, it did the job because I remember 
from then on, if ever I heard of any sort of, un, you know, anything kind of inappropriate, I'd always be like, well, that, that's not right. And that, that shouldn't be happening. And that's not fair and whatever. That's so really good. It was great. And it did mm. the job. I do remember the first time I ever heard the word sex. Um, and it was hilarious for me as a five-year-old. I was five. five I was five. And um, someone in, an, I was in school and someone in an older class uh, than me was, you know, the way when the teacher was out, he used to share, you get mixed in to, to the other classes so that, oh yes, because it would split up and yeah, go that so there'd way. be no yeah. supervision. So we had, uh, I was five, so I was like in what, junior, senior infants or junior infants and there was um, older girls that came in for the day and one of them, um, so there was boys in my class at this at this stage in, in kind of my junior school and one of the girls was passing a note around class one of these older girls now she, when I say older I mean she was probably seven do you know so she's not like she was mature 16 <laughs> but I remember thinking Jesus she has it all she knows what's going on in life and uh, she passed a note around the class um, and it accidentally anyway got passed to me and I remember thinking do, do I read this and again I didn't really know what I was reading but essentially I opened up the note and it just said and I'm going to say this boy's name because I'm presuming he doesn't uh, doesn't want to listen to my podcast the note just said I want to sex Graeme Cullen <laughs> right and I'm sitting there going what this is a new verb what is this what is this seven year old who knows the souls what is she what is she, what is she talking about what does you she want no to do you had no idea what sex was at this point you'd know like, no not really yeah. you know I I kind of vaguely understood from the note that it was something to do with maybe wanting to kiss him or hold his hand mm-hmm. but I didn't and I to be honest I don't think she knew either that she was what she was saying to poor Graham over there you know in his uniform um, <laughs> and he had glasses that had tape on them he was absolutely like if you're going to want to sex someone Graham Cullen probably wasn't the lad <laughs> at, at age five like anyway so that was the first time I heard the word or read the word I should say um, and I don't think I asked my parents I think I um, and in fact like all the way through my life my parents weren't really my go-to for information it was more so I found it out by myself did you have older siblings no I'm the no. eldest oh, yeah same but I wasn't really um, I was very close to my parents and still am very close to my parents but I just uh, I never felt that kind of level of comfort with them in terms of like sex ed or the birds and the bees or anything like that. And I remember, um, like as far as my mother's concerned, I still haven't had a period. Do you know what I mean? Like Aww. she, we ha- we never really had that kind of uh, relationship. Um, and I remember I, when I was 16, I told her I was going on the pill. Actually, what happened was I told my dad um, because essentially I wanted to go down to Galway for the weekend um, with my boyfriend at the time. And right. he was like, well no because you're 16 and I was like yeah but dad I'm very mature and um and he said well look promise me something and I said okay and he said promise me you won't have sex and I I I was horrified I was like is my dad actually saying this to me and he I said I just was real honest and I was just like dad I, I can't promise you that I'm really sorry I can't and he was like, "You were mature for your age." I wa- Do you know what I have to say? I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. Most I think I was. Like, yeah, of course I'm not going to die. Ugh, that's disgusting. No, I, I, I said to him straight up. I was like, I can't, and I didn't want to lie to him. I was like, I can't promise you that. And then he said, um, "Okay, well, promise me you won't get pregnant." And I said, "Now that I can do." And up to my room I went, and I came down with the leaflet for the pill that I was on, and I gave it to him. And he said, he looked at it, and honestly, I thought he was going to vomit. And he said are you telling me that my 16 year old is on the pill? And I said, yeah, dad, I'm, I'm making, I'm making an informed choice here. And he was like, 16 years of age. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And he, he said, okay. 
and he kind of sat with it for a minute and then later on I went down to the kitchen and my mother was banging things into the dishwasher and I I I assumed you know that he had spoken to her and uh she said I heard your news and I said okay and what do you think and she said just so you know you're gonna get deep vein thrombosis and you're gonna die and I said thanks ma'am cool thanks for the support and that's the last time we ever would your parents remember this I'd say they probably they would. would I'd say they were traumatised I'd say the the couple of minutes your dad needed to mull this over was probably mm. thinking what's the alternative she could be coming to me and saying I'm expecting absolutely absolutely I and I think bigger picture bigger I picture. also think given that I was the eldest child and that they knew that I had a very strong will I don't think I, th- I think they were just like do you know what we have to, we have to just accept this because yeah. she's going to do it she's going to yeah. go to Galway one way or the other and she's already after going and getting herself on the pill I didn't even look for you know an adult or whatever. Had you any issues with the doctor? No, I went to a well woman clinic. They will give you the pill if you're under eight? Yes. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they gave me the pill at 16. Are well woman clinics still a thing? They are. I think so. I, think I remember so. there was one in Northside Shopping Centre. That's the one I went to. No. That is the, that is the exact one. There. I remember seeing it upstairs kind yeah. of tucked away and I remember yeah. thinking oh that's kind of handy to have yeah I went Never in and they it. were they were super supportive and super I think they were very encouraged by the the choice I was hoping to make you Your know parents I think are the well woman the well woman clinic yeah. yeah I think my parents probably came around eventually um and I don't think my dad ever looked at me the same way again when I came back from the trip to Galway <laughs> but I know um the well woman guys were really really good and very non-judgmental and I you see the thing was to bring it back to school there was no way I I got on with so many teachers and I got on with my principal and vice principal and whatever but there was no way I could ever have said it to any of them here listen I'm thinking about making this decision and I think that actually sells teenagers short I think it it underestimates their ability to make those kinds of decisions because a lot of them can now some people obviously need a bit more guidance and a bit more support and and a bit more discipline actually to to be frank but I think you know Schools really need to appreciate that children are mature at an earlier stage than they might think. And they are looking to be sexually active at an earlier age than you might think. And they need that support and they don't need to be told contraception is not a good idea. It's going to kill you. And just don't have sex because you will get an STI. Is it that way anymore? I don't think. It, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not 16. I'm yeah, not in school. Yeah, I'd like same. to think things have changed, but I don't know. I Do, does the Catholic Church still have a good firm grip on our... I think so, to a certain extent. I would imagine um, there's probably, you know, a younger batch of teachers coming up through the... A bit more liberal, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. But I know, um, like I said earlier, the, the curriculum for sex ed hasn't changed since 1999. Do you know the way you see on American films and TV shows, you see that the, the condom on the banana thing, it's, yeah. it's, it's worked into their curriculum, I think, it's like is it I, well, judging by the movies in in America like, I, yeah, oh, yeah I'd love to, I'd love to know what the actual how many hours are, are allocated because condom on a banana is actually that's pretty handy pretty yeah, bloody no, it's handy pretty good yeah it's pretty decent I'd love um some kind of sex education though around obviously and I think this is why the changes are being made around consent um because I was reading a line that it's um it's barely touched on um in in schools at the moment and I think that is a massive gaping hole in sex education um, and actually I have a list here I'm going to I'm going to read from a list hmm. of things so I looked up online that RSE uh, relationship and sex education is what they call it in schools and the things on the RSE senior cycle so I guess that's when you are 
is that like transition year up to leaving cert or is that like secondary school in general I would take I, I could take that as either I don't as know as either okay yeah, so basically at, at, at junior cycle first so human growth and development an understanding of physical and emotional changes at puberty fertility conception pregnancy and birth sexually transmitted infections and a, an awareness of the consequences and implications of sexual activity so that sounds pretty grim like an awareness of the consequences and it implications. is it's indicating like we're going to tell you all about the cons and it's bad. It's it's just, it's basically saying sex is bad. Sex is bad. Here's another way sex is bad. You might get pregnant. You might get a disease. Sex is bad. And then kids are going, cool, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway, very irresponsibly. So, you know, they're not saying sex can be fantastic and great and safe and you can enjoy it if Will you want. Will they ever say sex can be fantastic and probably great? Probably not. That's probably not going to be like the header on <laughs> the, the new curriculum. <laughs> sex is fantastic. Yeah. Why don't we try enjoy. it this weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there's a way of, of talking about it that's to, just, to teenagers that's not bad, 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 bad. Like yeah. it's it's bad, don't do it. Like because the kind of it's bad, don't do it approach, hi, it doesn't work. We are all doing it. Okay. You know, and, and at age 14, 15, 16, kids are doing it much younger now. And like, I remember recently, this is terrifying, but I, someone uh, maybe about seven or eight years younger than me, you know, the way like you'd have a scale. So like in America, it's like bases. So you'd have first base, second yes. base, that kind of thing. Right. So someone was saying to me a while ago, who is like that about seven or eight years younger than me, that when she was coming up through school, they had a scale from one to 10. 10? 10. 10. 10. <laughs> I'm counting my head while there's... Yeah, no, I know, I'm counting it. So I was going, 10, Jesus, do I even... in your ear or something? Do I even have 10 moves? Do you know what (laughs) I mean? Like, what? So I'm I'm going through them and I'm thinking, okay, well, one is probably that. Two, you know, and you you can kind of guess what the first three or four are. You know what they are, obviously, do you? Well, I I she she didn't want to divulge. um, So I'm I'm guessing one is is kissing. kissing, Second is digital. I was thinking Manual. second might be like externally feeling <gasps> situations. Do you know what I mean? Oh Instead yeah, okay. Of before you actually get into any underwear. What word would you call that? We had a word down the, co- down the sticks, but it's not. Feeling. Really. Topping. I heard topping. that. Uh, topping. Topping yes. is, is, is boobies, boobies yeah. touching. And then three, I presume, would be digits. Yeah. And then four, maybe a hand shandy. What's your Oh, reckon? I thought hand shandy hand would sh- go in with the digits. Okay, Is that maybe. not kind of parallel? Yeah, I suppose and they I, are. I, d- I don't like the F word. No, I hate not a big the fan F of word. It. I'd actually, I've never said digits before, but I actually quite like that. <laughs> what would you say instead? For four, for for the F word. I just, there's no. I nice, say digital, and I know it sounds no, so like there's no equivalent. Geeky. No, there's not fingering. Okay, Ooh, go on. Let's it's just. There's no. I would put fingering no, and 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 hand shandy. Hand shandy. On, on, on on the, and yeah, because they're kind okay. of equivalents, aren't they? They are, I suppose. And then that's then that kicks up a notch to oral. Like oral. Then, I right? mean, that, that's even on both sides, obviously. Yeah. But that's a big step. And we're only at five. (laughs) And I'm I'm no prude, clearly. But I'm still, so I'm sitting there going, okay. And this was, again, this was someone who I I found it inappropriate to be talking about this with. But anyway, so I'm, I I didn't want to say, so come here, tell me. And what's seven and have you done seven? So I didn't want to, I didn't want to push too far, but I I was trying to figure it out. And did you feel old at this point? Absolutely ancient. Yeah, I would feel kind of like, well, I'm out of touch. Once I finished trying to figure out what the 10 where I went down and picked out my headstone, I literally was like, (laughs) please, why am I a granny? Like it was, it was horrific. Anyway, I was trying to figure them out. And (laughs) so it, it turns out. That rimming is on the list. That's a tongue and anus, isn't it? Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I've never been... Th- so oral, anal oral. A- anal oral. Anal oral is yeah. on the list. Okay. And so is obviously anal. And yeah, I, I would put anal like... 
Oh, top, anal top, is number top. 78 on the list of 1 to <laughs> on 10. Highest. Where Sorry. is it on number 1 to 10? I think I it might have been 10. I think it might have been 10, yeah. 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 I, pff, look, I didn't ask because I was I terrified. But I would class a tongue in anus as much more intimate. Ve- I, you know what? Funnily enough, I kind of think so too. So I suppose it's a personal scale thing. It is a personal yeah. scale. And I feel like a, a tongue in an anus is a very, like you, you, this is not something you're going to do on a first date, really. Probably I mean, not. Probably, I mean, maybe, probably not. Like, certainly not for me on a first day. I think I'd like to know you a bit better before that sort of thing. And what your dietary habits are. And you know, and hygiene habits. Yeah. Um, Gas but anyways, problems. So, oh my God. No. That'd be my problem. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. So, I just think that this scale terrified me to my core. And I remember thinking to myself, teenagers are... Teenagers are using this list. Teenagers have this list. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And is it something they're aiming for? Is it like a scorecard? I would imagine so. Because sure, you and I both know when you're in secondary school, like like that, for instance, the day I went back in after I'd had the ride and told absolutely feckin' no one, people were coming up to me, like obviously friends of mine saying, oh my God, and what was it like? And did you do this? And what happened? And was it sore? And blah, blah, blah. And, you know, everyone at that age is is deeply invested in their sexual activity and really, really um, looking to push boundaries. You know, when you're you're a teenager, you want to push and, and see how far you can go with things. And I think sexual activity is one of the things that you take risks with and you push and you see how far you can go. And you also want bragging rights. So you want to come in. Now, I, I didn't, you. but I, I mean, <clears throat> people in general, you know, you want to come into the school the next day and, and with a bit of, you know, pep I think in I your was step that girl. and say... This is what I did last night. Yeah. And you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you also, if you're getting no information and no background and no one is saying to you, well, actually, rimming is not great because you could get gum disease. I don't know what you'd get if you, you know what I mean? I don't <laughs> yeah, know what, yeah, the, yeah. what the side effect of rimming is. But well, I'm sure. I, but I know that there's, you know, there's probably, a, you know, herpes risks or something. Um, And it would be nice. Okay, I'm not, asking the government to be like listen guys we're going to have to put rimming into the curriculum because it's absolutely <laughs> essential they're already a little bit they're, defensive yeah, they're, what... they're quite defensive yeah. but you know I think there needs to be a bit more of a discussion and and even you know for say I don't know for instance if they they allocate an open-minded teacher and they say to the students look after we've given you this education if you've any questions on anything specific if there's something that you have heard about that you think you might want to do 
ask her. She's sound. She's one of the cool. I'd teachers. like to think there are some some teachers who would ab- absolutely step into that role totally. and love it. Absolutely, not, maybe not necessarily love, but like, but really embrace it. And I yeah. think you know, and in actual fact, that's something that I've thought about doing at times. You know, going back to my secondary school and saying, "Listen, I'm not one of your teachers. I'm not going to tell on you. I'm not going to talk to your yeah. parents. If you've any." completely random sex questions to ask come over here and ask me because I'll give you the informed answer and it it hopefully will guide you in the right direction and you won't end up with emotional complications physical mm-hmm. complications mm-hmm. illness whatever what age would you need to nod them at nowadays god I'd say early yeah it's upsettingly early I'd say and it would be difficult to have that conversation with 10 and 11 year olds as well some of them yeah. would be like advanced beyond their years some of them will still this be it and because I know a couple of you know uh, tweens like 11, 12, 13 year olds who are you know really really innocent for want of a better word you mm-hmm. know and th- this sort of chat would have them horrified but then I also know of of tweens who are really really in f- like finding these things out themselves and you know watching porn and you know all that sort of stuff is so accessible now and that's where they're tweens. learning it tweens yeah like I mean think about it if you've got a phone You've What's the first to, thing you're yeah. going to do? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember years ago, do you remember those um, those like pay-per-view things that you could, on Sky, after hours on Sky? Yes. There was like ads for for like phone chat with girls and stuff and like ads for what's happening later on the porn channel mm-hmm. or whatever it was called. It was called, it wasn't called <laughs> the, the porn, porn channel. channel. <laughs> um, shows my experience with the <laughs> porn channel. Um, whatever it was called. Um like red tv or something stupid like that but i remember like those those ads coming on and me being absolutely captivated at age like 12 because i think i was babysitting at, at one point and i and it came on and i was like <gasps> and i sat and st- i watched that on repeat for about two hours thinking oh my holy is this God. where the, la- the ladies the women lie on the bed on the phone yeah yeah and, they yeah, like, yeah. You know, and they're like and they're like hair and totally. with their boobs and stuff yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and i remember just being like whoa and i also remember there was a part of me that was like now isn't she very fantastic and sexually confident do you know and in my head okay in my head i didn't know she i was enjoying her confidence mm. but i remember thinking wow like she's she's happy with her body she's comfortable there in her underwear that's really good that you were like you know? yeah I would a bit, a bit I probably mm, what age were you again I think I was probably 12 or 13 about 12 I possibly would have made assumptions about her maybe at the time okay um, obviously I don't know but yeah. I possibly would have would you have been like she's she's loosey goosey <laughs> yeah yeah okay probably yeah when she might not necessarily be no I, mean, I don't know and if she but was, it's really cool to hear that brilliant. you were so like yeah, no, I think I think I was. I think I remember being like, "Well, and but the, is is that I don't know whether that's a reflection on me, as in I want to be more comfortable with myself and comfortable with my body and more informed about sex and and all the kind of accoutrements that go with sex." Um, and then yeah, so I'm going to read more of the things. So on the relationships and sex education at senior cycle, the things that come up, I suppose, are fertility and family planning a deeper understanding of pregnancy and the developing fetus. I don't think that's sex education. No, I that's think that's biology or pregnancy. Yeah, pregnancy yeah. education. That'd be in like science or home ec. Yeah, I think so. Or mm. it should be anyway. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be in sex education. Biology. Um, then human sexuality. Okay, treating women and men with equal respect. Which is, okay, that's, that's, that's pretty... I still wouldn't consider it sex education. I would consider that more on the relationships and... I wonder, does consent come in under that? Maybe so, yeah. Maybe so. If they're trying to go a softly, softly approach. Keep going anyway. And then they have sexual harassment, sexual abuse. Oh, okay then. 
rape and legal right voluntary and statutory agencies Mm -hmm. making moral and healthy choices regarding sexual activity moral moral okay interesting isn't it interesting how they are saying we are going to give you your morals they're going to say like this is what you should be doing and I think beyond this Mm. presumably rimming is probably I mean, I'm, I don't even a know, but, but on the moral scale, I'd say rimming is probably, I don't even know if it's there. Or maybe promiscuity will probably come onto that and as well. Not, interestingly enough, this, okay, granted it's 1999 uh, when this Oh, that's 1999, yeah. think, uh, but also the current one. Oh, but also oh. the current one. Yes, yes, yes. So this is the current one, but it was written in 1999, uh, which is horrific. Um, it didn't, it doesn't, and still doesn't, I presume, deal with any LGBTQ plus issues like there's it's it's all very hetero focused like it's all very a man and a woman yeah and you and I I'm straight and I'm married and you're single are you straight yeah you identify as straight like so that's where our kind of perspectives are coming from for anyone listening but like that sexual education doesn't doesn't say and if you are having sex with a man and you are a man this is what happens and if you want to have sex with a woman and you're a woman this is what happens or if you, you know, it doesn't give, there's no nuance. There's no room. There's no like gray area. It's, mm-hmm. it's very much black and white. And this is what sex is. And anything outside of that, you know, we're going to give you your morals anyway. So no need to. Imagine being taught about same sex sex back in the day. Obviously we didn't even, mm. I didn't even get normal. Like no. hetero, sorry, not, don't, don't take out normal. I didn't even get heterosex talk. Yeah. I mm. still don't really, I never got an education on it. I still don't really know no. what. And I didn't, like, there was no, um, I, to be honest, when I was in school, like, there was, there was no real um, gay, straight sort of discussion. Like, there was. Were there gay people in your, gay girls, all girls school, wasn't it? Yeah, there were. Um, there were, I think I remember maybe two. Openly? Openly to a certain extent. Right, okay. Um, as in, they might hold hands walking around a little bit and... As we got, oh, as we progressed through school, I think in sixth year, they might have told a couple of teachers and, you know, but, but that was out of my, the whole school nearly. Do you know, mm-hmm. now I know there was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there were lots of gay yeah. girls, um, just who weren't talking about it. And I'm sure there were lots of people on the kind of broad spectrum that is sexuality and sexual preference. Um, but there was, I remember two girls who were very like, we are gay and we are together and were they, were they treated in any particular way by either staff or fellow students to be honest no um definitely not by staff staff were like okay that's fine that's you know and yeah. it was kind of just like grant work away once you you know attend class and do your homework that's fine um with other students god I mean I don't remember them ever being bullied or having Oops. having massive problems um but at the same time, they were definitely kind of on the social outskirts, if you know what I mean. Uh, and I was too. I was going to say, were you one of the popular girls? No, not really. Like, I mean, I think in six, when I when I turned 16 and got the ride, uh, all of yes, a sudden I, people wanted to be my mate, which I just find absolutely bizarre. Isn't it? Um, because up until that point, no one, no one cared at all. And then actually, I did have an incident where I was in this school play in transition year and there was, I had a like a, a role, you know, like a, I was one of the actors if you like and the really really hot boy from the others from the boys school that we were doing the play with um it was in the script my role was I had to have a full-on snog with him on the stage (gasps) now when I say right there was a there was a definite hierarchy in my school and when I say 
I was at the I was like one of the low like I was definitely not like the hot girl that everyone wanted to kiss right definitely not I was I find op- that I hard the, to believe I swear I was the opposite of that I had no I, yeah no I was the opposite and this guy was really hot and everyone wanted to kiss him and I think I honestly think the poor guy must have had nightmares about the fact that he had to kiss me and Ashley no I'm not I'm not saying I'm, I'm fine now I did fine I did okay you powered through I powered through but I know that like everyone in the school wanted to not everyone but like all the girls thought he was alright and he was God bless him and I had to kiss him on the stage and after that I think people were like okay right you can you can have some you know social points if you want or some social really? currency yeah which is again I, I, I had problems with it but I kind of went along with it because I was happy out that I had some mates that you know I like I spent a lot of time in the library up until that point to be honest so mm-hmm. I was glad of the bit of social you know I spread my wings a little bit and um, venturing into different types of friendships and I still maintained all the friendships I had but I just opened up new ones it didn't um, create any sort of issues then with regard to maybe I need to do more of this no I don't think so no. I mean because at that stage then I was 16 and I had a I had a boyfriend um so obviously after the snog on stage, uh, but I did get a boyfriend when I was 16 and I stayed with him until I was 19. Wow, okay. So I, yeah, it didn't push me into like, you know, some kind of whirlwind of promiscuity or anything like that. But um, I do remember, I remember my boyfriend at the time collecting me from school and he had a car. <gasps> and I remember people thing. gathering to witness this. And I think people were absolutely beyond shocked that uh, I was because I you know I was one of the I, I'm going to try and paint a picture without offending myself age 16 like I got great grades I was very very studious I was like yeah in the library I was never in trouble I didn't drink I didn't smoke I wasn't one of the like what you know what you would typically consider like the cool mm-hmm. kids like I just was not one of them I was real lanky and didn't really have I you know I I used to hunch over because I was thought I was too tall and you know I just was never one of those people who you'd expect that to be happening to mm-hmm. and so uh and the fact that it was really threw everyone off um but yeah that kind of led me into I think that actually might have led me into the position of advisor when it came to sex for some of my friends oh that's interesting isn't yeah, it because I think they they thought well, she's doing it and she's kind of mature about it and she's not just, you know, it, it, I wasn't trying to be a mouthpiece about it. I wasn't coming into school every day being like, guess what I did last night, ladies? You know what I mean? I was just very, I have a boyfriend and, you know, that, you know. And things. people came to you for kind of like, yeah. And were you like, this is what penises actually look like or this is how it actually works. It's not like well, a porn or whatever. I don't think so. Like, I think everyone at that stage had kind of, everyone, to be honest, everyone was experimenting. So everyone kind of had seen you know penises they'd seen whether they'd seen them in real life or seen pictures everyone had that experience but I think Mm -hmm. people came to me um if they say for instance if they'd had sex and the condom broke or if they'd if they'd had sex and they weren't sure if it was consensual okay you know yeah and or they'd come to you and they'd say I was I was at a party last night and I was really drunk and I woke up and you know and like they'd come to me with quite, quite serious things because they thought okay well she's she's mature about this she's not the girl who's coming in and bragging about things that she probably actually hasn't done okay you know um so So it's not necessarily that you're more experienced it was more that you were kind of 
more mature about it. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think it was because they, and I, I think also they knew, okay, I think they thought I was a bit more informed, which is again, like, why the hell as a 16 year old was I given sex education to my peers? And, you know, maybe that's actually something to look at. Maybe that's something that schools need to look at, you know, in teach one of the, one of the pupils, all of the, essential information and then get them to spread the message. Would that be a good idea? I don't know. Like, I, there has to be a better idea than fecking. What does this here say? Uh, making moral and healthy choices regarding sexual activity. Like, that's just... I mean, it's not 1999 anymore and people are different and Ireland is different. I think there's a massive gap and a massive need for someone, like you said earlier, an external figure to mm. come in and be like the cool older sister for the yes, day. Yes, yeah. Or older brother. And not necessarily someone from always who's just trying to flog pads. <laughs> yeah, show you how they work. And it's like, we've all had our periods for like three years now. It's all good. Yeah. And even like, I remember um, things like sex toys and that kind of, that side of um, sex. You know, there certainly was no information about pleasuring yourself. Like there was none. There was, and I mean, I mean that's not something you have to learn about in school. But an actual, actually, I, I educated myself on, have you ever heard of a website called OMGS? Yes, is it? Yeah, I think it's in the Facebook ads. You probably have. Yeah, um, it is a, it's a website that's literally giving you. I think it's. I think it's aimed at women, or maybe it's aimed at women and their. Is there an actress? Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Yeah. Emma Watson uses it, and she's quite vocal about using it. And I what think is that's. It? So basically, it is a. You go on and you pay a subscription, uh, like a membership, and once you pay your membership you get access to all these videos and you get access to all these techniques and the videos are very I don't want to say graphic but they're very realistic mm-hmm. they're they're videos of women masturbating mm-hmm. and you know ta- they talk about different techniques so they talk about um there's one called edging which is like bring yourself, bring yourself up yeah. and then and then stopping and you know so there's all these different techniques that they talk about and they they really they teach you and they they inform you in a kind of a you can read about it way and then they also inform you with videos and stuff and it's they say which I think is wonderful they say okay these videos are not meant they're not there to like turn you on this isn't a subscription to some kind of soft porn but if they turn you on that's absolutely fine because you know you're watching something inherently sexual so they kind of are very um they want to be very educational they want to be very informative but also they're like listen if you're watching this and, you know, you get wet, like, that's totally fine. And don't mm-hmm. be, you know, don't be taken aback by that because that's what you're here for. You're here but to it's learn. But it's, pro- it's not the primary It's not the place, primary yeah. goal, yeah. yeah. And it's, um, it is literally just about pleasure. It's not about, you know, any sort of functionality. It's not about, um, it's about just figuring out what works for you. And I think, you know, that's obviously not something that's going to infiltrate the school curriculum. But I do think there's a place for gently letting people know adults as well children adults teenagers whoever letting people know that sex yes is functional and makes babies but the rest of the time it's pretty cool too it's pretty cool and it's also it's for pleasure Mm -hmm. like you know my parents obviously only had sex twice once for me once for my sister but everyone else all the (laughs) time same thing i you know all the time every time someone has sex that's not trying to conceive a baby, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. It's the, the the purpose is pleasure, you know, 
and nobody is nobody is trying to educate people in in achieving pleasure no one is trying to encourage pleasure were you ever told that pleasure is a focus for you or should be never this is the thing never so and like would you would you have appreciated someone coming to you not necessarily in an educational formal setting but would you have appreciated someone coming to you when you were younger and being like the pursuit of pleasure is absolutely fine and something you should focus on. Yes, because I remember even when I was younger, I would be exploring myself. Like quite young, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Maybe shortly after I figured out what sex was, I was like, oh, something's meant to go in there. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure going to explore. <laughs> I'm going to see, see, see what's in there. Um, see what else you can get in there. So I knew, I knew it was nice. I knew it was nice. So mm-hmm. did I ever feel like guilt or anything about? No, I don't think so. Mam must have made some reference to the fact that it, it feels nice. She must have, right? Because wh- why else? Why else would you have tried it? Yeah, and I would. I don't. And think that's it's... interesting. Guilt is a is an interesting concept around pleasure because that the whole religious thing. Like yeah, Ireland is still very, and I think as much as we've moved on, and in terms of like obviously the marriage referendum mm-hmm. and the abortion mm-hmm. referendum and all those amazing steps that we've taken towards kind of more progressive, uh, a more progressive country, I still think there's a lot of kind of. Yeah, like Catholic guilt, that old school thing of if I have sex. I reckon give another 40 years, that'll be gone. 40, yeah, cool. 40 is just a hop, skip and a jump <laughs> yeah. away. I'll be I, in my like 80s. It is dying yeah. out. You can see it dying out. Yeah, no, you totally can. It will die out eventually, but what do we do in the, for the interim? Totally. And I, I, I think that's part of it. You know, part of that is the reason why uh, a lot of people don't openly and comfortably talk about sex. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you do have a weird sense of, I shouldn't be talking about this. This is a bit taboo. Would you, do you think? Yes. I'm trying to kind of break that stigma by yes. talking about sex to as many people as I possibly can. I'm sure some people possibly, like men and women alike, I'd be like, oh my God, totally got the ride on Paddy's Day. It was epic. Um, And sometimes I'm met, I'm, I'm almost always met with like a shocked oh, face. That's very forward. And yeah. They'd never say to me, but I think there are assumptions made. Yeah. That's the thing. And do you feel do you feel put upon then to be less vocal about your no 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 okay that's brilliant um I'd be I'd, I, I wouldn't be graphic graphic I wouldn't share every single in yeah. and out but I would be like oh this mad thing happened oh my god like I yeah. fucking queefed it was mortifying but yeah. we were able to laugh about it or whatever yeah. no problem non-issue and everyone has to laugh and I'm trying to kind of normalize it on an everyday chatty basis not just yeah. coming on a podcast but literally everyone's just thinking every day, not yeah. me ma- although my mom I did tell her New Year's Eve that I was taking on a 2019 of celibacy oh brilliant Okay. And then she, I came back to her a few after Paddy's day. She was like, "Well, how'd you get on with that celibacy?" I was like, "Oh, it didn't last fifteen minutes in that, ma." And she was like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah, quarter past midnight. Sorry about that." <laughs> and, she, and she won't like, she'll smile, give me the smirk, but she won't continue any further. Okay, you know that kind yeah. of way. But I'm trying to normalize it in my everyday life, even like my own sister. Would you yeah. talk to your, your sister? Isn't it? I have a sister. Yeah. Would you talk to your sister about? Sex? Uh, no, not particularly. No. no, like she would come to me if there was some issue. You know, she'd probably come to me if. Um, She'd certainly come to me before our mom if there was some kind of issue, like if she was having a problem or if she thought she was pregnant or if she mm-hmm. needed the morning after pill. Or but she, she wouldn't blase chat about no, it. No, not really at okay. all. Um, however, I talked to all my friends about it a lot. Um, and I think based on my past as a writer, you know, I wrote a lot about sex and I remember one horrific time um, there was a copy of You magazine on the kitchen table in my house. And my parents uh, had bought it because they were supporting my, you know, my work. Mm-hmm. And these, the cover line that I had written was the ins and outs of anal. And it was on my parents' kitchen table. And I think they were just like, please find a new career. <laughs> but anyway, they, yeah, the, I, my, a lot of my friends, because of 
the fact that I wrote about it and researched it and just I for some reason have seen have gathered a lot of sex trivia you know I've gathered a lot of just knowledge about sex like someone might ask me a weird question I'd say actually do you know what I read somewhere that if you do that then this will happen and then that might happen but you'll be probably okay if you just wash it out you know or whatever (laughs) whatever the the query is and my friends my friends do come to me about that sort of thing and they I think what makes the difference and I think this is what the government should look at is that they know I'm comfortable they know I'm okay talking about it and they probably don't so, they probably don't okay so of their friends mm, not many of them probably are as no. open and I know I'm probably one of the most open people a lot of people know when it comes this to stuff like thing. that but at the same time I do want to break the stigma of um, not the stigma that that might become attached to me like she's a loose what like yeah. whatever but, this but there's nothing the wrong with that either no absolutely I could not. have sex with 10 people in the last two months or one month or whatever and that doesn't make a blind bit of difference not at all and, and that's what I'm trying to break but that's a tough one that is a tough that's one a tough especially one. for women because yes with men and not so much anymore but with men um, and again we're we're both straight women so we're referring to men as in probably straight men if you are a man and you sleep with 10 women in a month you a are a legend and if you're a woman and you do it there are connotations whether we want them to be there or not and I, I, I feel as though yeah, if I speak openly and comfortably about sex and that sort of thing, I have to do it, like I'm doing it on the podcast, I suppose, I have to do it in a mature, educated, informed way. Because if I start getting jokey and giggly, and you know, it can't, you know, and obviously things are funny. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if a weird noise comes out of your vagina in the middle of the most intimate it moment. Is so gas, it is pardon the pun. 10 out of 10, the funniest thing that's going to happen. Like, but if the person you're having, sorry, it's small time, the person yeah. you're having sex is taking it really seriously. Yeah. It's such a turn off if they oh, can't have listen, a laugh. If they're, if they're putting on their best moves and that happens, it can be awful awkward. But my policy would always be just laugh. I Absolutely. Um, but if they can't laugh about it, it's a bit like, Aww. But someone came to me once and said, oh my God, this weird thing happened when I was having sex last night. This like noise and there was, there was this weird feeling. And I, uh, and I was like, you yeah, know, that's, that's fine. And that's safe. And you're fine. And what happened? And oh, they, they thought it was like a malfunction. Was, yeah, they thought it was some kind of issue or that they were broken or that their vagina was too big or whatever. And I kind of said, no, no, that that's just, it's just about angles, my friend, you know? And yeah. it's just, it's something that happens and it's, air gets in places and air comes out of places mm-hmm. and that's the way your vagina works. And it's, it's, it's a cavity. Pumped. Yeah. Do you know? So, um, but I think, you know, just saying that to someone, go, takes takes the, and obviously, you know, there's Google. Google is there. You can ask Google. But, you know, you might not want to type into your work computer, a weird noise emerged from my vagina mid-coitus. Like, do you know, you might not want to do that. So, asking your pal who's comfortable talking about sex is probably the, the next best thing and if you're ever like if you ever bring up the topic or mention something people will turn around people want to engage in these conversations yeah. that Instagram I did with my gynecologist friend 15 and a half thousand people tuned in to watch that this is it and I was one bonkers. of yeah. I found um, it fancy. I loved it but there's going to be a sequel coming as well fantastic okay it's going to be it's going to be really really good amazing um, and it's going to yeah it's going to be it's going to be really really good Re- even more personal than Ooh. probably the first yeah okay I'll tell you about it because the first one was pretty like you really went there I did you both did but right. everyone wants to talk about vaginas penises yeah. sex sex life and everyone like I know there's a lot of people so friends of mine who have come to me and said I'm just checking the time there friends mm-hmm. of mine have come to me and said um I can't really talk to my you know my other pal about this but you, I can talk to you about it and for me like I mean th- the thing is whether I'm having sex with 10 people a month or one person for the rest of my life which is the case for me because I'm married you know that does I can talk about sex openly I can talk about experiences I can talk about the past I can talk about you know anyone I just really feel as though open 
conversation needs to be had you know it doesn't have to descend into a fit of giggles and you know um, it doesn't have to be cloak and dagger and it doesn't have to feel taboo and if you want to be able to talk about the fact that you had an earth-shattering orgasm the night before you should be able to say that over brunch without fear of your friends falling off their chairs and eggs benedict going everywhere do you know what I mean yeah you want to be able to just say these things and go do you know what I had a absolutely amazing Wapa. time last night and then they can go brilliant and how did you and how did you get there like what what did you do to achieve that because give me some of that I want you know I yeah. want in how did we're you, not there yet we are not there yet and but I think we should we should be and could be I think you know we're we're getting there for certain um so I think we're probably going to wrap it up already I know it flew it did fly um will you plug some things what things do you know your youtube your oh, instagram no. oh please go on no. i could do it for you like i mean you're what is the at laura's underscore views on instagram yeah and what's your youtube just type in laura's views laura's views there. okay so self self-promotion well self-promotion is you have to you really have to self-promote okay so um thank you very much for taking the last 45 50 whatever it was minutes to listen um I'd love your support. Now, I know everyone says this, but I really would love your support with things like um, reviews and likes and shares and star ratings and whatever. Like, do whatever you want. Just freestyle. Um, and I'm absolutely not above bribery um, for this as well. So if you if slide into my DMs and we can talk. Um, thanks so much to Laura Young, my first guest. You are fantastic. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you. And thank you to Tall Tales and to Cassie for all your help. And stay safe and have fun. And I'll see you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 